Welcome to Truth in the Word with Pastor Jim Newsom. Join us today as we allow the Word of God to be a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. Now here's your host, Pastor Jim Newsom. Good morning, this is Pastor Jim Newsom, and this is Truth in the Word on Christian Survival Radio, the uh, sixth day of May 2019. We're broadcasting today from North Central West Virginia. We're going to start a study today in the book of Colossians, Paul's writing to the church at Coloss. Uh, before we do that, let's go to prayer. Praise Heavenly Father, we ask you to bless your word today. Lord, you said it won't come back void, but it'll do that what you sent it to do. And we ask you, Lord, in Jesus' name, you know every individual that's going to listen to this broadcast. You know their needs. You know their situation, their circumstances. And you said in your word, you sent your word and healed them. And your word is is the person of Jesus Christ. And we just ask you today that you do what needs to be done. We'll never fail to give you honor and praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Paul's writing to the church at Coloss. Uh, Colossus was a small city uh, east of the church of Ephesus, which uh, we know a lot about the book of Ephesians, also the first uh, church that Jesus addressed in the book of Revelation. Uh, It was largely a Jewish population, and it was founded by a man named Ephesus. I hope I pronounced that right. But uh, he was a man that uh, Paul led to Christ. uh, And in all actuality, Paul never, ever uh, uh, visited this church. But, of course, he, he wrote a letter back in those days, travel wasn't that expedient as it is now. But there was a problem in this particular church. Um, whenever a body of people gathered together, and in the name of Jesus, this is uh, uh, something that, that uh, flies in the face of the powers of darkness, and, of course, they don't, they don't like anything that... Uh, would exalt Jesus Christ because the bottom line is the Bible declares, and it's the truth, that they were defeated at the cross. And they do everything they can to come against the gospel, everything to stop stop the gospel. So Jesus said in Matthew 24, he said, uh, take heed that no man deceive you. That in these days, uh, after the book of Acts, after the, the New Testament church, uh, was birth, so to speak, um, that men would come in and they would be uh, wolves in sheep's clothing. In other words, preaching heresy. Now, heresy is a departure from the faith that the Bible teaches. See, we must go by the Bible. The Bible is our rule of thumb. The Bible is our map. The Bible is our teacher. The Bible was inspired by the Holy Spirit. And uh, he says, my people perish, he says, for the lack of knowledge. Study to show yourself approve a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Take the Berean challenge. In other words, when a man, woman stands up in front of you and expounds what they call the word of God, make sure that they are. Simple. Make sure that they are reading from the scriptures and they are rightly dividing the word of truth. Bible declares the prophecy and the word of God is not for private interpretation. So 
the word of God. Paul Paul turned, I believe, the church of Corinth. He told him, he said, you must, you must get off the milk of the word or the, and get on the meat that we might grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So there was a, a, a harmful heresy <clears throat> that threatened the church. And, uh, and Paul, of course, he wasn't long in confronting this, and it was false teaching. Uh, and it points out that uh, we need Christ and Christ alone, that he is the foundation of the church. The Bible declares he's also the chief cornerstone. <clears throat> Pardon me. Upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And the, the danger was Gnosticism, Gnosticism. Which you say, well, that was back in those days. Well, it still it still exists today. We're going to talk about that a little bit. Uh, it, it comes from the Greek word, which is gnosis, which means knowledge. Now, the Bible says my people perish for the lack of knowledge. So what's wrong with Gnosticism? Well, it's not godly knowledge. It's men's knowledge. It's opinions formulated in the minds of men and try to integrate into the gospel of Jesus Christ. We can't we can't live with a mixture. It must be the gospel, the pure gospel. That's that's Jesus Christ, born of a virgin, lived, died on the third day, was resurrected, sits by the Father's right hand, right now making intercession for me and for you, and is coming back to set up a kingdom. Now, that's the gospel in a nutshell, so to speak. And he went to the cross that men might be saved. <clears throat> For this reason was the Son of God manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. So some of the chief points of, of, uh, of the Gnostic system, and of course, like I said, formulating the minds of men, knowledge. The Greeks were, were people who sought knowledge. They had the great philosophers, Aristotle, Plato, Socrates, uh, you know, great Great men, per se, as far as knowledge goes, but were you know certainly uh, when they spoke, not uh, speaking of the Lord, not speaking of the Scriptures. So, <clears throat> one of the points, or one of the outstanding points of of a Gnostic system, is a claim to have a special knowledge of a truth, uh, to be superior in faith. To be to have a, a greater enlightenment than everybody else. Sound familiar? In other words, the know-it-alls. You know, I know it all. Look up at me. Uh, this reflects the the doctrine that Jesus hated. He brought out in the book of Revelation, the Nicolaitans, is where the uh, the pulpit was much higher than where the people sat that the clergy was elevated above the uh, the people. In other words, uh, they were uh, prideful. And pride always comes before a fall. They thought they knew more than anybody else. In other words, if you got to Jesus or, you, or if you learn about God, then it had to come through them, they, that they were the ones of all knowledge. And, and Jesus said, I hate that doctrine of the Nicolaitans. So, so they had a greater enlightenment, and ordinary Christians didn't possess this. Uh, they did not see the secret and the higher doctrine. Uh, in other words, these men were self-elevated. 
self-righteous. I, I uh, like the the latter or the uh, the old Pharisees. Uh, pride, pride. I thank you, Lord. I'm, I like this one or that one. <clears throat> Claiming to have greater knowledge. So uh, that's certainly prevalent in the church world today. Certainly, um, if the fivefold ministry. Uh, God God calls the fivefold ministry. Uh, men don't men don't choose for themselves. You know, you can put a name in front of your name all you want to, but if God has not called you to that office, then you certainly don't possess that ministry. Now that's just plain and simple. Uh, it's not what you say you are; it's who you are. It's not what you profess; it's what you possess. So. The Bible talks about these things and warns us against these things that that even this Gnostic system, although it may be different than back then, is certainly in existence today. Uh, they taught there was essential separation of matter and spirit, that uh, matter was evil and the source from which all evil uh, was arisen. So matter things things around and about us okay uh, <clears throat> they they claimed that uh, that the world was created and um, by a demiurge what they call a demiurge which was uh, a heavenly being was 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 subordinate to the supreme being and this was considered to be the controller of the material world. In other words, a lesser God, <laughs> which the Bible doesn't teach that. There's one Lord, one God, one baptism. Uh, in the beginning, God, Elohim, created the heaven and the earth, and he certainly didn't turn over to anybody else. Uh, the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost rule and reign. So uh, giving a, uh, a, a twisted view of, of creation, with a demiurge, a lesser god, um, the mythical gods. You know, they <clears throat> taught about them. Uh, they that they would fight each other, and uh, there was always this constant warfare for struggle with Zeus and all that. But uh, we know that the Bible teaches there's one God and one Lord and one baptism. That God didn't hand anything anything over to anybody. The only thing He did was 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 in Himself came to Earth. As a man, that Jesus Christ was God incarnate. He was all God and he was all man, but this was still incorporated in the Godhead. Okay, so we <clears throat> we don't believe in demiurges or lesser gods. Okay, so we believe in Jesus Christ and Him crucified. But yet, you know, a lot of the stuff's being taught today. Uh, you know, people calling on other gods, creating other paths, other ways. There's more than one way to get to heaven. The Bible teaches there isn't. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes unto the Father except it be through him. Uh, there was a strong denial of the humanity of Jesus Christ. In other words, his Christology, uh, which considered the earthly life of Christ and especially his sufferings on the cross to be unreal. <laughs> Denied the cross, enemies of the cross. Come on, to uh, 
the Jews a stumbling block, the Bible teaches, to the Greeks' foolishness. And the Greeks were seekers of knowledge. Uh, but yet it existed in all realms, but they, you know, like I said, their thrust was knowledge. They sought knowledge. There's nothing wrong with knowledge. But you, you've got to incorporate God in that because all knowledge comes from God. He's He's the big, uh, the father of all things. Uh, all good things come from the father of lights, the Bible says. So they teach that um, his sufferings on the cross was unreal. In other words, it didn't happen. Now, is that going on today? Of course it is. The denial, even of the virgin birth. Many say Jesus Christ was just a good teacher. Books have been written say that he didn't die on a cross. He moved to France and married Mary Magdalene. How ridiculous. Come on. But yet people believe that junk. That's what it is. It's junk. It's deception. And it's a Gnostic doctrine to uh, deny a cross of Jesus Christ. Had he not went to that cross, then me and you will not have a chance today. There will be no opportunity for mankind to get saved, to be born again, to be healed, to be delivered, to be set free. He went there. Uh, leave no doubt that he went there and he accomplished his work. Now, down through the years, many have said, well, uh, I've come because Jesus Christ didn't uh, finish his work. Sorry. He bowed his head and said, it's finished. That doesn't mean he died, which he did per se, but it's mean what I've come to do, I have accomplished. That which was set before him, the Bible says, he accomplished finished. The work of redemption has been done. Yet there are those that teach the inside religious circles, maybe even some churches with pulpits and pews. I don't I don't know per se, but I'm sure it's going on that they deny the virgin birth. They deny the cross. They deny the blood. You can't do that. You cannot deny that because that's a truth of God. And that's, that's an anti- Christ's spirit was John. I think John and Peter both warned that that they were that the spirit of Antichrist even worked then in those days. How much more does it work today when we're coming? We're in 2019, and I believe the coming of the Lord is right around the corner. That the seven-year tribulation is is not that far uh, from us. So why would not this 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 Gnostic belief? These false doctrines, these wolves in sheep's clothing, not be in full operation. They are. Take heed that no man deceive you. So they deny that that God became a man. That he was all God and he was all man. And they deny that he died on a cross. Well, that that's Christian belief. That's the gospel. And the Bible says the gospel is the power of God under salvation. Okay, the denial of the personality of the supreme God and also the denial of the free will of mankind. Well, the Bible teaches that. The personality of a supreme God, the almighty, the God of hosts. 
a God of armies, uh, angel armies, the sovereign, omniscient, omnipresent God. See, when you deny that, then you take away the finished work of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And this is all religion, see. And there are people that believe that. See, the Bible says if you deny the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, if you deny Jesus Christ, if, if, if you push away his conviction, then you're on the verge of blasphemy, the Word of God says. And this, I believe this is what the, the unforgivable sin is, is the rejection of Jesus Christ. The Bible says, because they refused to retain God in their knowledge, he turned them over to their own devices. He says, my spirit will not always strive with man. They taught that that uh, they needed to uh, severely self-discipline themselves, uh, in avoidance of all forms of indulgence for religious reasons, in other words, penance. In other words, doing something within ourselves to save ourselves not going to happen. We can't. There's nothing you can do to save yourself. It's been accomplished 2,000 years ago on a cross by Jesus Christ. But yet on the other hand, a indifference that led to many impurities, especially sexual impurities. I believe the Bible calls it lasciviousness. I hope I pronounced that right. I probably didn't. But the uh, the out of control liberal view towards sex and sin, or sin and sex, however you want to put it. In other words, on one hand they were religious, but on the other hand they thought they could do anything they wanted to do. That's messed up. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Now the Bible teaches to abstain simply teaches to abstain and teaches that through the blood of Jesus Christ and through his finished work that we have the power to abstain. Romans 6 teaches that sin shall not have dominion over you and me. Not in ourselves. There's not enough religious activities that we can do. The uh, religious occultic people of old and even today uh, the prophets of Baal, when Elijah confronted them on Mount Carmel, then the Bible says that they were calling on their God, quote unquote. Elijah said, What's wrong with him? Is he asleep? But they begin to cut themselves. They begin to perform religious activities in order to stir up their so called God. Well, Baal didn't show up, but the God that answers my fire did. So, uh, they were double-minded. They, one hand, wanted to be religious and did religious activities. On the other hand, they were sinners. They yielded to sin. They didn't see anything wrong with uh, indulgence. Uh, in many of the pagan pagan temples of the old world, they had uh, temple prostitutes and things of this nature. I mean, it was messed up. They certainly not complying with the word of God. Now, listen to me today. The Bible still says in Romans that the wages of sin is death. I believe it's the last verse of, 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 of chapter 6. The wages of sin is death. 
Now, you can't get away from that. I've said it many times on this broadcast that man's problem, mankind's problem is sin. This is what we contend with, is sin. And the answer for sin is the blood of Jesus Christ. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Okay. Uh, one of the last points, I'm sure, I'm sure it's not the last point, one of the last points I have written down here, that they, they taught an amalgam, an amalgamation or a combining of different religions. Is that push today? You see bumper stickers. You know, given the, the the sound of all the modern day religions, and you know, with the attitude, well, can we just come together and get along? No, that's not <laughs> not gonna happen. Because if the religion, quote unquote, is not based on Jesus Christ, then it's it's a false religion. It's an occult. Hello, plain and simple as that. If, if, if they deny Jesus Christ, if they deny his finished work, now they can call him a teacher, which he was. They can call him a great man, which he was. But they don't call him Savior. They don't call him Messiah. They include him in with every other, quote-unquote, great teachers who uh, supposedly spouted wisdom. But wisdom comes from God. If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God, the Bible declares. So, an attempt of inclusion, of combining all religions. But the doctrines are so different today, you know. Um, and it's not out of hatred, but it's just, it's just, it's just not the the Bible way. He says, listen to what he says. He says, come out from among them and be ye a separate people, saith the Lord. Now what separates? The word of God. When we comply with the word of God, when we allow the word of God to be our rule of thumb, when we believe on this book and who is written in this book, in the Old Testament concealed, in the New Testament revealed, that this book is about the Messiah about Jesus Christ and him crucified. From the very beginning, when Adam and Eve, in their, in their human efforts, tried to cover themselves with fig leaves, which everybody knew, would someday rot away, God killed an animal. Many people say it was a lamb. And shed that blood and covered Adam and Eve, the first type of Jesus Christ, the first type. And all down through the Old Testament, and before he was revealed in the New, there was types and shadows of him. You can read it all through the Bible, Isaiah 53, Psalms 22. You read, and he's in there. He showed up many times. The, I believe it was, it was Christ who showed up in the, in the fiery furnace when the three Hebrew boys wouldn't bow or bend to the king's idol or the king's image. So... It's Jesus Christ and him alone. And if they, religion, quote unquote, teaches any other ism or schism, Paul says this, if they preach another Christ, come out from among them. Now, that's just what the Bible says. It's not being, you don't hate anybody. 
but you can't deny the biblical record. You can't deny what the Bible says. You can't deny Jesus Christ and just and just put him in with every other religion that comes down the road. And every occult system has stemmed from the Tower of Babel when the first Antichrist, Nimrod, built a tower to 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 circumvent, to try to go around God. You can't go around God. He's too big. He's too big. So this was the problem at Coloss. And this is the reason for Paul writing this particular book. In this book, he shows the role of the creator, the redeemer, and the sustainer of all things, which is Jesus Christ. We're going to find out in this book, I'm sure some of you are new, that Jesus Christ was the creator. In chapter 1, you'll see his preeminence declared. Preeminence means before, above, all-knowing, all-powerful, Lord. In chapter 2, you'll see his preeminence defended. In chapter in chapter, chapter 3, you'll see Christ's preeminence demonstrated. In chapter 2, Christ's preeminence defended. I, I think I said chapter 3. So this particular book was written around 80, 60, or 61. And uh, we'll get into it here. Verse 1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, and Timothus, our brother. Salutation. And to the saints, so there was good people there, believing people, and faithful brethren in Christ, which are at Coloss, grace be unto you, and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is a, a common salutation given by, by Paul in, in a lot of his writings. Now, in verse 3, he starts to give thanks. He says, we give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. Okay. Paul's concern for the churches of that, of that day and that period, like I said, he, he's never, he never been to this church. This church was founded uh by a convert, as I said before, of him, which was Epiphanius. And uh, Paul was corresponding with this man, uh, I'm sure a lot. And in this particular letter, he wrote to this church. Verse 4. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which ye have to all the saints. Now, these are all good things. These are all good things. Verse uh, 5. For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof ye heard, wherefore in the word of the truth of the gospel. Now he begins to lay a foundation here. What he's doing is wedging these Gnostic beliefs out. Any, any heresy that which departs from the faith, any heresy was was being made null and void by Paul. Of course, people had to make a choice. They could believe the lie, the Bible says, and be damned, or they could believe the truth and be saved and have that, that life that Jesus promised, which was abundant life. I come that you might have life, and you might have it abundantly, he says. He says in verse 6, which is come unto you as it is in all the world, and bringeth forth fruit. Okay? 
as it doth also in you since the day ye heard of it and knew the grace of God in truth. Okay, the gospel, the true gospel, which is Jesus Christ and him crucified, will always bring forth fruit and will change lives. Now, that's a truth. That is a given. That's a spiritual law where the word of God is preached. Not everybody's going to be changed, but somebody is going to be changed. Those that receive, whosoever will, men have free choice and free will. Okay, verse uh, see, 2 Peter, so we go there first. 2 Peter 3, 8. But grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. So we should be in the process of growing in the knowledge and the grace of Jesus Christ. Okay, verse 7. As you also learned of Ephesus, our dear fellow servant, who is for your faithful minister in Christ. Like I said, this church was founded by Ephesus. I hope I'm saying it right. Probably not. Okay, verse 8, who also declared unto us your love in the Spirit. Okay, in other words, this, the founder of this church declared to Paul, you know, we've got good people here. We've got a good foundation here. You know, uh, but there's a few problems. Anywhere the truth's being preached, and that goes for 2019, Whenever, wherever the truth is being preached, there's an enemy that shows up against to deny that truth, to twist that truth, to try to make that truth null and void, which is impossible, but to draw, to deceive, to destroy. Because when wolves come in in the, in the natural, they come in to destroy sheep. And they kill them. There's an enemy. Be sober. Be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, goes about seeking whom he can destroy and seeking whom he can devour. Okay, in verse 9, we're going to see Paul is talking about praying for this church. He says, for this cause, verse 9, chapter 1, Colossians, for this cause we also, since the day were heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Hmm. We just come out of the book of, of Ephesians where as we sit in heavenly places, you know, that, uh, that there's a place that we are in Christ that's above everything else, above man's knowledge and man's wisdom. In James 1 5, James wrote, If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. He giveth to all men liberally and unbreaketh not. In other words, he doesn't hold back and it shall be given him. Okay, so the wisdom that comes from God. Remember what I said? Gnostics had their own wisdom, had their own uh, doctrine, so to speak. And many people were believing that. See? They, they come in the church, sit there, and undermined it. The preaching of the gospel, you know, probably not openly, probably after church. 
There's more talking that goes on after church. See, more talking on phones that goes on after church. Well, do you believe this? You know, do you, if it's the Bible, you better believe it. Remember, I said take the Berean challenge. When men and women preach to you, make sure they're preaching to you the scriptures. Rightly dividing the word of truth. Colossians 1.10 That you might walk worthy of the Lord into all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. There's a word knowledge again. Spiritual understanding, knowledge. So there was another knowledge trying to take the place of the knowledge of God. And Paul was dealing with this. 2 Corinthians 9 8 says this, And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye may always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. Proverbs 2 6 says, The Lord giveth wisdom out of his mouth, cometh knowledge and understanding. Who gives it? Teachers? Modern day religious teachers? No, God. And he imparts that wisdom through his word. That's why we have to know the word. My people perish for the lack of knowledge. Okay, verse 11. Colossians 1. Strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, unto all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness. Strengthened in the faith. Philippians 4.13. I can do all things. Through Christ was strengthened me. If you want truth, it's available. Seek God for truth. The Bible says if you ask him anything, we'll give you a stone as an earthly father. If a child asks an earthly father for a piece of bread, will God give him a stone? If he asks for a piece of fish, will, will God give him a serpent? Of course not. Or will that father give him a serpent? No. He gives that which is best for his child. So we can do all things through Christ which strengthens us. Second Corinthians thirteen four, for though he was crucified through weakness, yet he liveth by the power of God. For we also are weak in him, but we shall live with him by the power of God toward us or toward you. John twelve forty six. I am come to I I am come a light into the world, and whosoever believeth on me shall not Abide in darkness. See, all these isms and citizens are to produce darkness in the body of Christ. And Paul was counteracting it, coming against this, speaking against false doctrine. Not necessarily the men or the perpetrators, but speaking against the doctrine, which hellish doctrines, in my opinion, should be called out. Now, with discretion, of course. Always with discretion. And this is the wisdom that God provides on how to how to handle things. That's why we have uh, one of the nine spiritual gifts is the spiritual of discernment. Discern how to do. Okay. Colossians uh, one twelve. Giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us me to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Giving thanks unto the Father. Psalm 36, 9 says, For with thee is the fountain of life. In thy light shall we light. So it was the uh, 
the plan of the enemy to come into this church was founded on the truth and to destroy that truth, to, 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 to snuff out the light that had been provided. But yet we see in the first of this, of this particular letter that there were a base, there was a remnant in that church that wasn't going to be swayed. But apparently some were trying to cause division. And the Bible says a house divided will not stand. That's why the truth must be addressed in all. The truth is not always convenient. Sometimes it can be painful, but it's needed. And the Bible says the knowledge of that truth will set us free. Now, verse, verse 13 is a very powerful verse. Who, talking about Jesus Christ, have delivered us from the power of darkness and have translated us or moved us into the kingdom of his dear son. That's a statement there. That is Paul saying, it's Jesus Christ that did this. And these powers of darkness coming against you right now, we've been moved out of them into, into the kingdom of his dear son, which is Jesus Christ. We have been delivered from the power of darkness. Second Peter 1.11 says, For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So he has made the way. He has made the way. Okay, our last verse for the day, verse 14. In whom we have redemption, or we've been redeemed off the auction block of sin, through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Now, he's starting right there, laying a foundation to dismantle this heresy through the word of God. Through these men, women, whoever it might have been, teaching another Jesus, another way, an alternative way, when the Bible teaches there's only one way. Ephesians 1, 7, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. Now think about this today. And we are counteracting these same spirits. See, men die, spirits don't. The Antichrist spirit's been here for a long, long, long time. It'll be here until and until the end, until until Christ removes it. So we're going to deal with this stuff every day. That false doctrine is going to try its best to be seated amongst the people of God. And men will come in and they will be wolves in sheep's clothing. Jesus said there shall be many false prophets. Jesus said some some will say, Lo, I am here, lo, I am there. But he says, Go not. In other words, they're going to say, I'm in this and I'm in that, but I'm not. I'm in the binds of this leather book that we read. Thank God for the word that we have the word. And we go to the word, which teaches us of the rock, and the rock is Jesus Christ, the foundational rock, the bed, the bedrock. On this rock I shall build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail. So we have redemption through his blood, and through his blood only, and the only one that can forgive sins is Jesus Christ, and eradicate sin, and cover sin, and get rid of sin. For this reason was the Son of God manifested, that he might destroy 
the works of the devil. And the Bible tells us, Jesus tells us in Matthew 24, and the Bible also tells us to beware of false doctrine and heresies. And they come in all forms and shapes and sizes. And they even preach from pulpits. Rightly divide the word of truth. One more time, I'm going to mention the Berean challenge. I believe it's Acts 17. If somebody's giving you the word of God, make sure it is the word of God. Make sure it's being rightly divided. Study to show yourself approved. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed. For the word of God is not for in private a private interpretation for it is inspired the Bible says for teaching that we might be admonished that we might be on a solid rock which is Christ Jesus we can't deviate from the word of God we can take one verse but you got to read the verse above and the and the verse below and probably the whole chapter to get the meaning out of it to study to show yourself approved of a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Because there are heresies today being taught. Plain and simple as that. How do we know? How do we know the difference? Well, we ask God. If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. We study God's words. Study to show yourself approved of a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Read the word of God. The Bible says in the last days, that there'll be a famine in the land. Not of bread, not of water, so to speak, but of what? The word of God. The word of God. He sent his word, logos, meaning a person, meaning Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the word. And he healed us. And we need that. Because we have been delivered from the power of darkness and translated into the kingdom of his dear son. Just asking. Just pray, prayer, prayer. Lord, don't let me be deceived. And if you got the attitude you can't be deceived, you might be setting yourself up to be deceived. Humble yourself before God in due time. You'll be exalted. Humility. Humility is much needed. Much needed. For a man, when a man thinks himself to be something, then he is nothing, the Word of God says. Let the Holy Spirit teach us through his Word, his power. There is truth. And knowledge of that truth will set us free. If you don't know Jesus Christ today, the Bible says, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. Call upon the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. He told Nicodemus, he said, you, he said, you must be born from above with the washing of water, with the word of God. Through the blood of Jesus Christ, we are born again. There must be a personal, a personal experience. It's not saying a bunch of words. It's from your heart. Asking him to come into your heart and your life. And I believe the Bible teaches there'll be a change. For I make men new creatures. Said the old man goes away, and I make all things new. A new creature in Christ. I believe he'll change our desires. I believe things will change within our lives if we are born again. And the Bible says you must be Born again, he told Nicodemus. He said, "He said not, not going back, back into the birth canal, so to speak, but you are born from above, a renewing, accepting Jesus Christ as Lord of your life, 
The Bible says that by his precious stripes you're healed. He was chastised for your peace of mind and bruised for your iniquities. He paid the full price. I believe the answer for all of man's problems lies at the cross, that he has the answer today. You the a billboard, you don't see it much anymore, that wise men still seek him. Are we seeking him today for all that he is? Don't we groan in the grace and knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? Have we become dormant, laidosi, and laid back, lukewarm? That's a question that must be answered with our own spirits and our own souls. Because believe you me, there's always something out there that wants to separate you from the love of God. But Paul said, I'm persuaded that as long as I keep my faith where it needs to be, in Jesus Christ and him crucified, that nothing shall separate me from the love of God. He says, call upon the name of the Lord and you shall be delivered. The Holy Ghost is dealing with you. The Spirit of God is dealing with you. I've heard people say, well, I'll get saved whenever. Not tonight. But you've got to move when the Spirit is dealing and drawing and convicting. You can't get saved unless the Spirit of God convicts and draws. Plain simple as that. Don't put him off. While he's dealing, let him yield to that dealing. Listen to me, time is short. It's so, so short, shorter than we think. The days are uh, lining up, as the Bible has said. Men's hearts failing what they see come on the face of the earth. Apostasy. The Bible says there'll be a peerless times or fierce times. The increase in persecution in the world. The spirit that's in the world. I believe Jesus is coming soon. I don't know when, but he's coming soon. I believe the signs are all around and about us. And the bottom line, I'll be ready. What would you give in exchange for your soul? This flesh is a thin veil that when you walk around in and on the stoppage, and when that flesh does not exist anymore, when something happens, this flesh dies, then me and you are going to, to eternity somewhere. Because we, on the inside of all of us is a is a is an inner man, woman, boy, or girl that will not die. It's the eternal spirit that God has put in us. It's going somewhere, my friend. Can you say that you're going to be with the Lord today? The part of us that lives eternally. Or you're not sure. My Lord, help us today. Help us today. The Bible teaches there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. Bible teaches about hell, where the canker worm never dies, where there's weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. And we must know the truth and must stand on the truth. And you must know Jesus Christ. And the Bible says, when you seek me with all of your heart, then shall you find me. Precious Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, we've tried today, Lord. We know that your spirit, Lord, has to go forth and has to teach your spirit teaches. I don't teach. Your spirit teaches. And we ask you today, you see every individual. You see every circumstance. You see those who are saved. You see those that are not saved. You see those who are sick and undone. I ask you, Lord, that you bring spiritual healing, that you would save souls, genuinely save souls today. Let them call upon your name. Heal that sickness today that you bore stripes on your back, that chronic illness. Lord, bring healing, healing, healing. In Jesus' name, touch that troubled mind today, Lord. Set free from that addiction today in Jesus' name. 
There's nothing impossible with you. And we ask all these things in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen and amen. God bless till next time. This has been Truth in the Word with Pastor Jim Newsom on Christian Survival Radio. Our email address is truthintheword777 at gmail.com. May God bless each and every one of you. Keep looking up for Jesus is coming soon.